Chris, and this is uh, VChat edition number 17. This is our vSphere grab bag, and with me I have... Eric Siebert from vSphereLand.com. And Simon Seagrave from TechHead.co.uk. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for being with me. Um, I'm excited to be back, you know, here in the VChat. It's been a while since we've recorded a show, so uh, it's great to be talking about virtualization again. Uh, we have a lot of great topics to talk about, a lot of things to um, to catch up on. Um, so uh, I guess, you know, you know, let's start with Eric. What have you been up to, Eric? Uh, lots of writing, and I've been doing some vendor white papers, um, some other writing, lots of tech target writing and all that, so staying busy with that. also went over to uh, HP Tech Day um, a few weeks ago in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, where they kind of showed off a lot of their new uh, data center technology, which was some pretty cool stuff, some, some stuff, uh, self-sustainable um, data centers and that that have uh, kind of like a, a zero uh, footprint when it comes to uh, energy use and that. So it's uh, pretty cool. A lot of neat stuff there we saw and uh, probably doing a blog post on it pretty soon. Cool. Cool. Hey, Simon, yeah, what about you? Well, as for me, uh, I have not been doing any writing whatsoever, as for those of you who uh, do, do occasionally visit my website um, <laughs> will no doubt see. Um, I've just been flat out with work. Um, the work has been extremely busy. Uh, um, as some of you may know, I'm part of the uh, tech enablement team with the V-Specialists, and um, yeah, we're quite a small team, um, but we've been very, very busy uh, uh, the last sort of couple of months. So my focus has just been on just work, work, work. Uh, as you can probably tell at the moment, looking a bit tired. Uh, currently out here in North Carolina at RTP, the Research Triangle, um, basically prepping for the upcoming EMC World events, which is going to be absolutely awesome. It's good fun, actually. Having a lot of fun at the moment, uh, but just very long hours, and, uh, yeah, all my time has sort of been sunk into that recently. So uh, that's that's what I've been doing. Cool, cool. Now, when is EMC World? EMC World is coming up uh, early May, so uh, second week of May uh, kicks off. Um, it's quite good. It's uh, based out in Vegas, so that's going to be interesting. I've never been to Vegas before, so I'm fortunate enough to be one of the few that uh, are heading over there uh, to support the event. Um, so we're really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I doubt I'll get to see any of this as well because I've heard with Vegas you can sort of enter the building there and you can just sort of stay in these large buildings yeah. that have different days on end without seeing any natural light so you've got no idea what's going on outside. Um, so if you had, had a sort of like a, a V-Lab environment, a hands-on lab environment inside that environment, um, I, I don't like my chances of getting and but uh, really looking forward to it. It's going to be absolutely awesome um, and uh, really enjoying sort of uh, putting it all together with the uh, rest of my team at the moment. Cool. How about you, David? Very cool. Oh, I've just been uh, working on a new train signal uh, video release covering uh, vSphere performance uh, that I hope to be um, talking about in May. Hopefully it'll be available then. So, oh, cool. Uh, Is it kind of more of a uh, performance troubleshooting or tuning or... It's, uh, yeah, performance uh, tuning and troubleshooting, both. Okay. yeah. So oh, cool. it's kind of like vSphere performance in depth, and um, uh, we're also going to have a vSphere security package coming out soon, and then oh, cool. we're going to combine all that to make a VCAP DCA package. Um, we released our vSphere Power CLI course last month um, by Hal Rottenberg. So, um, How's that doing? Looking. Has it been quite, uh, quite popular? Yeah, yeah, it's been quite popular. Um, you know, before we covered PowerCLI, but it was kind of stuck in some of the other packages, and so mm -hmm. I like that this is like a standalone, you know, more in-depth PowerCLI course. So 
Um, good stuff. And then we've also got um, an instructor signed up to do a course on the, the new VMware Certified Associate um, Desktop on, on uh, VMware yeah. View and ThinApp. Well, you know, that, yeah, I saw that one. Is that, that one doesn't require a class either. I think anybody could take that. Right, yeah. So they have this new, you know, VCA certification that's below the VCP because they're going to have a VCP on desktop too. Oh, okay. Um, and it doesn't, yeah, the VCA doesn't require any class. And, you know, I'm betting money that they're going to have a VCA on vSphere at some point at here some in the point. future. Huh. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Kind of entry-level certification. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so so that's what I've been up to. Um, I saw the V Expert, you know, nominations are are open again. Yeah, Have you guys and, uh, it looks like they've um, they continue to evolve and improve the process in that. And I know poor John is is completely swamped with with doing that whole thing in that. So it's basically just him running that whole show, and it's a lot of work. So, um, but they got the new form opened up, and this year they kind of did it um, uh, where is you could either nominate somebody or you can just kind of self nominate yourself and that's there's two different forms for that and it's quite in depth the form this year there's a lot it covers every single area um you have to give like specific examples of uh podcasts of blog you know your best work essentially in that so it's, it's pretty um all-encompassing it covers you know all the areas where you might have done you know work or stuff through the community in that and um you know it should be um it seems like they're trying to tighten it up a bit too um this year and um kind of maybe raising the bar a bit more to, to enter that um, the expert club to, you know, kind of set a higher level this year. So so I think that runs until uh, May 9th or 6th, um, where you can either uh, yeah. go there, fill out the form, nominate yourself, or uh, nominate somebody else um, to, you know, maybe get them um, some recognition as well. So yeah, with the with the V experts. Uh, so you know, those of you out there listening to this, definitely uh, you know, if you, if you've been doing stuff throughout the year, whether it's blog posts, uh, being actively involved with the uh, VMware community, definitely uh, you know, if you feel like throwing a hat in the middle to be uh, considered, I, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, being part of the V expert program, definitely very rewarding. Um, and uh, like Eric was saying, you know, there's definitely there's definitely a lot more structured now, and you do get a, a few goodies, and uh, there's a few spin-offs for for being a V expert uh, as well is obviously the kudos for, for having that title for the year. So uh, I, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it was a long time coming, but they finally got the licensing straightened out now. So all the the V experts get uh, a one year license, basically to everything, every product that VMware offers, and that. So all the way from uh, Workstation and Fusion, all the way up to the, the enterprise products, and that. So it's pretty cool where you can, if you have a lab, you could um, you know use those licenses in your lab to um, you know try out all the products and features and, and get a lot more knowledge and experience with them. So. I definitely needed because I mean uh, a lot of the people out there who are the experts are ex uh, actually active bloggers as well and uh, people like myself you know if you if uh, you move jobs for, for you know uh, you move positions uh, you don't always have access to licenses again to uh, you know albeit just temporary ones to run in your environment so, so to have access for a full year to spin up whatever you want uh, I mean that can only be good for VMware as well because it means that you, you know you get hands on time with the various you know products that have got in their portfolio and uh, as a result you know you start blogging about it, uh, which obviously is, is good for them, and uh, yeah, so uh, definitely very positive. Yeah, and a lot of people make, I guess, noise about the material 
possessions that you get with the experts, the gifts they give you in that, what's their, their kind of way behind on it. I think from last year we still haven't gotten those. But to me, those don't even matter. Um, what's, what's nice to me is all the, the other perks, the, um, the things like the licenses, um, the things like the, the, the access to beta programs and that, that you can get into all, you know, all the beta programs, uh, the other little events like at VMworld where they have the, the special meetings with uh, Stephen Harrodin and that. So to me, all those little perks combined um, are, you know, really make the V-Expert uh, uh, something that's, you know, really useful to, um, to, to all the, the bloggers out there. Um, one thing I wish VMware would do a little bit more is maybe market it in that. I think most of the people out there beyond the blogger community don't really know what a V-Expert is. And, you know, I know it's still new in that, but it would be nice if maybe they kind of, Somewhere on their website, you know, somewhere in a more visible spot, kind of um, put in something there, kind of what a V expert is and what it means and all that. So, uh, you know, we'll get more recognition that way. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Eric. Definitely those things are good. I mean, for me, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be a V expert the last couple of years, but. Um yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's always been, if anything, it's just really the nod from VMware that they acknowledge you that all the stuff that you do. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize as well, it's not just about the blogging. I don't know about you guys, but I get I get quite a few emails sent through to my personal tech head email uh, address every week, you know, asking questions about sort of something blogging about and because I blog about the VMware stuff um, you know you end up sort of almost being like a, a sort of semi-informal helpline for them yeah. you know? a lot of people right. luckily direct it through the forums you know that I've got on my site or through comments but get, get a fair, you know, fair amount of um, emails as well so you know it uses up quite a bit of your own personal time to do that um, I actually you know I really enjoy it because I like I enjoy the communication uh, with, with people and uh, helping people out but uh, it's all about that so for me it's about you know just the nod saying hey we, we're appreciate what you're doing and uh, what have you. And definitely those other things you mentioned, I, yeah, very much so. They're, they're the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a great program. I, you know, I just applaud John. I can't thank him enough for, you know, I, essentially, from what I understand, creating the program and then making, you know, the program, you know, happen every year and continue to improve the benefits. And he's just done an amazing job. So, um, yeah, yeah, so full, full credit, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, VMworld. Did you guys uh, submit any uh, session proposals? Not me. I, uh, I I did a couple last year and was fortunate to have two of them approved. But I was trying not to be tied down this VMworld, and then you know I wanted some more time to not be stuck doing certain things and that. So um, so I, I didn't. And plus, I was kind of busy doing other things. I just didn't have time to put submissions together and that. So um, and the, the competition's getting fiercer and fiercer. It seems, um, judging by the number of submissions there are. So um, so none for me this year. How about you, Simon? Yeah, I submitted uh, two, and I'm part of a, a joint joint other one uh, by one of the, with one of the guys here at work. So two and a half, I guess, is the answer. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say about the numbers there. I mean, uh, by the time I got around to submit a minor, admittedly I was a little bit late. Uh, well, not late. I managed to do it, but, but late in the day, uh, getting it through. I think they, the number I had back allocated to my sessions was around in the 1700s or so. So, working on the theory that it, they started at zero and it's sequential, um, yeah, they've definitely got quite a few, uh, you know, session proposals to uh, have a look through there and uh, choose from. So, they like say highly, highly competitive. Um, I've put in a couple uh, that I hope get selected. Um, uh, once again, sort of based on um, everything around sort of labs. Uh, the SMB space, uh, that's an area that I find quite interesting. Um, reason being, I mean, the, the, the enterprise space is normally 
covered pretty heavily uh, at VMworld through submissions and the ones that accepted as well. So I think it's a space that's quite often uh, overlooked. So that's it ties in with with what I do on my blog around the labs and everything. So uh, that's that's sort of the area that I submitted on. So uh, fingers crossed. Hopefully, uh, hopefully one of them gets uh, accepted. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I submitted a couple a couple uh, sessions as well. So you know, hopefully one gets selected too. Um, I know Eric, you had some insight into how the sessions are selected. You yeah, know, I'm on the, the content committee this year, so I'm one of the, the people that vote on all the sessions. Um, I think there's about a total of 45 of us on that committee that basically have to go through all these sessions now and uh, rate them all on that. So um, our job is, is kind of to take a track, or in this case, we actually have two tracks, a primary and a secondary, and have to go through every single session, read the submission, uh, attach a rating to it of, you know, one to five, or I think it's, I think it's one to five. It's um, basically on whether you recommend if it needs work or um, things like that. So you um, vote on one to four, actually. You vote on the session, then you have to um, offer feedback on um, why you think the session is good, um, why you think it wouldn't be a good session, maybe some helpful comments um, on how it could be a better session and that. So it's a lot of work. I didn't think it was going to be this much, but it's actually, um, I think the total sessions, I got the uh, security and the, um, the technology and um, architecture tracks. Um, I have a total of four. 400 sessions to go through in that, and wow. time commitment wise, they say it's about five to ten minutes per, so it's a 40 hour job pretty much at least. So, um, I think total just going through all the tracks, it looked like there was around 1400 sessions, um, and, I, and I think they've called them before we got them, so there was probably more than that. Um, so, there's um, about 1,400 that we have to go through and basically kind of rate them all and that. And then um, this year, again, uh, I think they plan on, after we get through with them, going through the uh, the public voting again. So there'll be a public voting period afterwards and that where the public can kind of rate their own sessions and they'll pick some additional sessions from that as well. Oh, that sounds good. I mean, it's good from an outsider's perspective. It's interesting to get an insight into the process. It's, uh, it's good that, uh, you know, they just don't stick them to a wall and throw a few darts at them to see what ones they can do. Who are they running with? So uh, no, that's 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 quite heartening that it is such a, such an in-depth process there. So that's good. Yeah, and you know, kind of what I've been seeing from this is, you know, if you're going to submit a session, put a little work into it because some of these sessions, uh, the outline is one sentence and. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's just something I, I automatically are going to say do not recommend because, I, I mean, the, the, the session submitter really didn't put a lot of effort into doing something. And, you know, I realize that you're not supposed to do your whole thing at this point, but you at least should give the, um, you know, a general, a more detailed idea of, um, of what your session is going to be about and that so we can make a, a better decision on that. So, um, you know, some of them have some pretty detailed. I know there's a, a limited number of characters you can put in when you're entering the forms and that. But um, some of these, I would just, you know, one sentence for an outline just was like, okay, well, what's your system really going to be about? How can I make a decision on um, how good or, or bad it's going to be? So, um, yeah, I think if people are going to do these things, they really need to put some effort into it. And um, there's others I've seen that have kind of done the shotgun approach where they've blasted out a whole bunch of them in that, um, in particular some of the vendors seem to have done that, um, you know, where maybe in some, in some cases combining your efforts into, instead of doing a whole ton of sessions and fewer sessions of, of um, you know, more better quality, more detail on that might be, you know, better than trying to, to scatter all these sessions in there and hoping a few stick in that. So 
But I think overall, there's I, I saw a lot of great submissions in that, and it's really tough because um, you know there's our limited slots available in that, and you know it's always unfortunate every year that some of these sessions um, that could be good sessions don't make the cut in that. So so hopefully um, you know the. Um, Hopefully they'll, you know, kind of open it up. You know, I know they kind of limit the amount of sessions because they got to reserve sessions for vendors and for VMware and stuff like that. So, um, you know, my hope is that they continue to open up um, and have, I think they did a good job last year of doing the repeat sessions and that and kind of restructuring it so um, they could get more in there and that. So um, hopefully this year they'll have more slots available for some of these sessions and that because there are so many of them. There's a lot of good ones that uh, I'd definitely like to see. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I know internally uh, we, we we had an email out, um, you know, saying, look, if you'd like to, you know, if you'd like to submit a session, feel free, type of thing. Uh, but internally, before any of the teams, uh, at least on our team, on, on the V Specials team, it's not like we could or we we did just go off on one and start submitting stuff. So we even internally, before it even got to VMware, went through a vetting process. Um, okay. There was a there was a guy at our end, um, a guy called Dave Henry, a uh, really, really good guy. Uh, so basically, he 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 basically vetted everything, and I know. Um, Okay. You know, Chad went through, you know, inputted into them as well. So only, only, only the best cuts sort of made it out from our end here. But uh, so it'll be interesting to see, to see how many, uh, you know, uh, to see what uh, slots we get there. So uh, it'll be good. So that's like good. I said, I've just got my fingers crossed. I hope uh, if I can get one through, that'd be good because it was <laughs> yeah, great definitely. fun last year doing uh, doing the session with Eric and Simon. That was uh, that was quite good. Yeah, and um, yeah, I saw a lot of people that. Um, you know, it seemed like people that were kind of new um, to this, and it's always good, you know, when it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are veterans, they do this a lot, they, um, it's old hat to them, but it's always good seeing those people that have never spoken before, um, you know, making it there and, um, you know, get an opportunity to, you know, tell her, because everybody has something useful to tell everybody in that. Um, it's a shame there's limited spots in that, so you, I think everybody can benefit from anybody's knowledge in that, so um, it's good to see some of these people that have never spoken before, um, hopefully, you know, making the cut and um, getting chance to speak at VMworld. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a great VMworld. I mean, I'm already excited about it. Um, you know, there's going to be a, a VExpert event. We've got a lot of cool sessions, it sounds like. Um, I know uh, Darren Connery's already planned the VM Underground party. <laughs> and yeah. 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 So uh, a lot of exciting stuff. I'm I'm already looking forward to it. Um, Definitely. As well as that, you've got the uh, you know the VMware Labs there as well. They're always always great to attend. You know to get a little bit of hands-on time with the products. And besides all that, it's Vegas. <laughs> that's right. So that's always. We can fun. already start guessing the band. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That'll be interesting this year. See where they go. Another '80s band. <laughs> So it has been interesting, guys. It's um, they're talking about the VMware Labs there. Um, so for EMC, well, just to give you a bit of insight, we're, we're putting together a hands-on lab environment as well. So we've been doing it uh, for, well for the past year, but on a very small scale. We're talking up to about 20 seats up to now, you know, at our booths and everything. Um, but so what we're finding is people really like the hands-on type approach to actually sit down and actually kick the tires on a lot of lot of our products. Um, so what we've done for EMC World this year is we've decided to scale it out, and we're actually doing 200 seats. So um, definitely a lot larger, um, and, and that's like I mentioned earlier, that's what I'm working on at the moment um, with myself and the, the rest of the team. Um, 
so yeah, what's been interesting to get an insight in the, the actual amount of work that uh, that actually goes into putting these uh, these hands on hands on lab environments together. So uh, you know, the previous VM worlds, I've I've always gone along and tried to try to get time to do one or two of their lab sessions there, and uh, it's definitely a lot more than just sort of uh, you know just putting a monitor on it, a couple of monitors on a desk, you know, with a bit of a with a wise terminal. Um, the stuff that goes on the back end is yeah, absolutely mind blowing actually. So so it's been quite interesting to get that sort of insight. Huh, cool. Wow, that's going to be awesome. And I think it's a huge benefit to the attendees in that, that they get the chance to be able to, you know, get that hands-on stuff in that, that, you know, it's not just about listening to people at, at these events. It's actually you can get your hands dirty as well. So um, I think the labs are always a huge benefit to you know, all the attendees in there where they can actually get experience with all the products in that. Yeah, definitely, and it's nice. It means you can get a nice even balance of stuff, depending on what you do. I guess you know whether you, whether you're a sort of management or a techie or somewhere in between. It's nice because it means you can go along to these events. You know, you can you can uh, you know uh, you know attend all the PowerPoint led uh, presentations, so you can get your your marketing fix there, or you know your technical fix via uh, via PowerPoint. And then also you can go and get a bit of hands on. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It means you can mix it up a bit and uh, you know mix and match as to what you want to do at the uh, at the event. Cool. A little mini VMworld that I'm looking forward to is the Charlotte uh, VMware User Group. It's uh, May 5th in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, I know Scott Lowe is going to be there speaking. Mike Labrick is going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure who else. Last year, um, Chad uh, Sackage and, and Vaughn Stewart were up there, and they were all on a panel uh, panel discussion. It was really cool. So I'm, I'm hoping they're going to have another cool panel like that. But um, uh, Train Signals actually hired a video crew, and I'm excited because I'm going to be there. We're going to video the keynotes and the panel oh, cool. uh, discussion. Yeah, we're going to not only post them on our, our you know website, but we're also going to stream them live over the oh, internet. So that'll, that'll be, be cool. yeah, my first experience trying to stream you know a conference live over the internet. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to record know. most most of the sessions and post them as well. So. Oh, nice. The, um, is this considered one of the, the regional VMUGs, the larger ones that they're doing now? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's a regional VMUG. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're, I'm involved in that now, too, and that um, we're bringing one to Denver. These regional VMUGs are, are larger VMUGs, or like you said, mini VMworlds, and that where I think we're looking at about a total of 20 sponsors um, with multi-tracks and all that stuff. So they're definitely VMware um, provides you with um, uh, like a list of some of their own sessions that they'll do there. And then, of course, you have keynotes. We have two keynotes at ours. Um, I think we signed on Veeam and uh, Veeam and Semantic um, for those. And um, they're, they're great events because they have like a little um, a sponsor area where you can kind of solutions exchange or go talk to all the sponsors that are there and um, you know all the keynotes and it's an all-day event and that so it's uh, really good stuff. Yeah, they're expecting yeah, like really people. Oh, cool. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. A thousand. That's like you said, that's just like a mini mini little VM world. Yeah. Speaking of, the, I like the idea of. Uh, speaking of the VMUGs, I got the kind of the new website, the new program now, the VMUG Advantage, and that. Have you guys um, looked at? Uh, I know the new new website is uh, the myvmug.org, and that that um, actually a whole other group has kind of really taken that over now. They kind of branched it off in that to put a lot more attention to it and give it a, a lot more help. And I, personally, I've noticed that we get a lot more planning help now, and that with it and that setting up our meetings and that. So it's a real a real great benefit. We don't have to do. It's pretty hands off for us now as VMUG leaders. So 
Um, but they have, yeah, I, I, from what I see from VMware, they're definitely trying to build a lot of more structure around the whole the whole VMUD thing, especially in yeah. Europe as well. I mean, you know, that's sort of reflected if you go to the uh, VMware uh, VMware users group portion of their site. Uh, definitely, the Americas are definitely more uh, seems to be a little bit more organised there than the uh, the Europeans. Uh, definitely, some countries that are on feature on there, but I know there's a lot of countries that do run VMUDs that don't feature on there at the moment. Uh, for example, but uh, uh, I know talking to a couple of the um, you know the, the they're looking at sort of trying to pull that together over in EMEA as well. And the other thing is, while I'm talking about EMEA, I want to do a cheap plug because uh, London, uh, London, May the 12th, we've got a VMUG happening there. Uh, oh, cool. That's going to be a big one. Uh, so that's definitely worth uh, heading along to it in the air plan. So uh, usual sort of uh, um, uh, sort of form for EMEA. So this one's a, an all-day event, I believe. I'll just double-check that before I get... Yeah, and I think it um, uh, goes right throughout the day. Um, Stu Radnich uh, is, is presenting there. Uh, a number of different vendors. Then obviously uh, finishes with a uh, with a VBS in the evening. So uh, if you're around, definitely head along to that. It'll be great. You also get a uh, Massimo there, right? I don't know that. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I know um, him and uh, him and Stu have a session at the same time in that. But it looks like both those guys are going to be there in that. So it sounds like a good time. Actually, you're right. I'm just looking at the, uh, yep, yep, looking at the yep, track one uh, is Massimo, and then track two, yep, Stu's presenting at the same time. So they've got some interesting vendors in there as well. They've got Colt, uh, Quest to be there. Uh, I know VCE, I think, are uh, sponsoring as well, uh, and possibly EMC, I'm not too sure. Um, so, yeah, that should be should be quite good, actually. And having the multiple tracks running at the same time, uh, once again, it's great. It means you can just, uh, you know, cherry-pick the, the, uh, the, the session that you're, you're most interested in. There, so uh, yeah, it's definitely worth attending. Cool. Have you guys looked at the? I can't remember the details on it, but the new My My VMUG Advantage program. Um, I, I think it's a paid program, but you get a lot of additional benefits from it. I think you get discounts um, for classes, for conferences, and things like that, and some other um, stuff as well. It didn't seem like it was really that expensive in that, but it looks like a, a neat little program. I haven't really checked it out in detail though. No, I haven't seen that. I have heard of it, but it's, uh, yeah, just haven't had time to uh, look into it as yet. What about you, David? Have you heard anything from it? I've, I've heard the name, but honestly, I, I haven't read about it yet. So it uh, sounds pretty cool, like a subscription discount program or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was my understanding as well. So it'll be yeah. good. I mean, the VMUGs are great. I mean, if anyone listening to this or watching this hasn't hasn't been to one, I definitely, if you've got one local to you, definitely head out there. Uh, if you haven't got one local to you and you feel uh, inclined to sort of maybe set one up, um, definitely head over to the VMware website. Uh, there's links off of there um, to people that you can contact within the uh, VMUG organization of VMware, uh, and they can definitely, uh, you know, tell you how to get started on that. So definitely worthwhile. There's something else, guys, that I've run past you as well that could be kind of good to do on the VChats here. If anyone sort of... Uh, got a local users, um, VMware users event that they'd like to plug. If they want to drop us an email through uh, to one of us, uh, we will we'll give you a plug um, at, at the end of the uh, at the end of the chat there. That could be quite good. What do you reckon? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to, you know, let people know about all these things because there is a lot of great events where you can go out and learn and uh, kind of mingle with people and meet them. And um, um, it's always great to, you know, kind of get that interaction with other VMware users. And like you said, if you don't have a VMUG in your area, um, you can even try to start one. In fact, I'm trying to start one in my area right now. I'm working with VMware's global VMUG to, to get a, a VMware user group going in my area. So, uh, uh, you know, make sure you attend one, and if not, you know, try to start your own. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, just just you know, catching up with people and uh, getting to know what other people are doing in your region as well. So uh, very good from that perspective. Cool. Well, uh, new books. There's two of them out now. Um, I got them here, I think. I got this one here from uh, vSphere uh, PowerCLI reference from uh, oh, cool. uh, Alan Renouf, Luke Deakins, Glenn Sizemore, Arnim Van Lishout, and Jonathan Med, which is a pretty big book. Um, looks real good, actually. It's um, got a lot of you know, basically, it's all about scripting and that, and um, how to um, a lot of sample code in here, and just how to write scripts, and uh, you know how to automate things in vSphere and that. So, looks like a great book um, and that. So, if you're into the power CLI or want to learn more about it, um, this looks like a good one. Um, Edward finally came out with his updated version of I don't know, you can see it there, vSphere ESX um, and ESXi oh, yeah, Enterprise, and that. It's uh, basically just yeah. a rewrite yeah. of his um, previous book and that now up to vSphere 4.1 and that. Um, I haven't had a chance to go through it that much, but um, it's a... You have this one? Another good one. No, I haven't got that one yet, actually. And that's yeah, I got that one from uh, Forbes Guthrie, Scott Lowe, and Maish. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't got that one. If you guys are listening, you guys can send me one, though. But, um, yeah, so... <laughs> Looks like there's, you know, lots of good books out there available now. And uh, actually, talking of, talking of books, I'm um, I'm, I'm still uh, obviously away from home at the moment, so I brought, brought uh, uh, Duncan and Frank's book over with me. So uh, I'm reading a couple of pages a night on that um, just before bed, where I do get a couple of minutes spare. So uh, slowly. And on that book, um, just another It's a good good read. Yeah, that's an excellent book. And and about that book, just another related but sort of cheap plug is um, Train Signal just bought 50 of Duncan's books, and we're going to give them away uh, for the first 50 people that buy my vSphere performance oh, cool. course. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. It's an awesome book that I reference like multiple times, oh. you know, through the course. And of course, don't forget this book. Oh, Maximum I, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, myself. <laughs> Let's do an update at some stage. <laughs> I actually, I actually have a uh, a, a copy here of Maxo vSphere that is oh, like the limited edition autograph copy oh, right here. Yeah, very cool, very cool. All right. So we can't end the show without talking about iPads. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that Simon, he was just itching to talk about an iPad. There you yeah, go, right yeah. there. What's the, yeah. what's the latest on the iPad update? I don't know. Have you guys caved in yet and bought the iPad 2? I've, I'm, I'm uh, holding I, up. I can't see the justification. Galaxy Tab. Android. Do you have uh, the your app for that? Not yet, no. Hopefully at some point. <laughs> yeah, you know, the iPad 2, uh, you know, it does everything my iPad 1 does. So, you know, on opening day, um, there was all the hype in that. So I went to Best Buy, and, um, of course, they only had a couple left, and they were the high-end models, which they didn't want with the 3G and all that. Um, but after that, it kind of wore off, and I'm at the point now where all it is is really, a, you know, a thinner 
version of the iPad One with a little uh, faster processor and stuff like that. So I, I just I think I'm okay with this one right now. Probably at some point because um, I want to get the more memory up to the 32 gig at 16 now. Uh, at some point I'll probably um, go and go and get one on that. You know, and you can you can get good resale value out of your old ones. I think David, you sold yours in that. Yeah, I sold mine for like four hundred something. Oh wow! I mean, about about four ten. I think I got for it in the end. Okay. And I mean, a new one, a new sixteen gig is only four ninety nine. So, which I still haven't bought yet, by the way. So right now, I don't actually own an iPad, but okay. I plan to get another one. Yeah, I think that yeah, the my one. I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna run with mine until it uh, until it breaks. <laughs> I think, or at least yeah. until the iPad three comes out, whenever you that know, may it, be. It works, and the the camera thing isn't a big thing to me and then I guess it could be more useful but FaceTime really only works over Wi-Fi and it really only works with other Apple products and that so it kind of limits its effectiveness and that so um, I think there's some other ones I think Skype does the video now um, on the device and that so as that I can definitely see it as you know doing a lot more video conferencing with it um, having the camera would be nice but you know at this point I'll probably just wait and um, at some point you know upgrade to the new model mm -hmm. And that. Well, since our last chat, guys, they've uh, they've released the uh, the vSphere client for the iPad. Now, have either of you had time to sort of download and install and play with that? And if so, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I extensively did. Um, I did a whole article on tips and tricks and some stuff for search, um, for Tech Target for Search VMware as well, and that kind of detailing the whole process of installing it and that. And um, it, it's good. There's a few bugs. There's a few gotchas. There's a few things you need to know about. There was that security bug that um, initially was in there that I brought to their attention, which kind of is, is what caused the delay of the, the release. Actually, they went back and fixed that, where the uh, the VCMA component that you have to install that's essentially the proxy for the iPad app um, wasn't didn't encrypt all the connections were open HTTP they weren't encrypted at all so all your credentials everything was going point text between your iPad device and the VCMA so that was a, a huge one that I, I don't know why they left it open that long but they finally closed it released a new version of the VCMA and then updated the iPad app as well so that's what caused uh, the delay there um, for them knocking that out and uh, releasing it I, I find that I find that surprising actually that's quite a quite a major oversight from a security perspective you know huge. whoever was architecting this application that should have been top of their agenda, you know, because you're going to have a lot of people out there, maybe more in the SMB space than the enterprise, I guess, who, you know, one, you know, uh, one person IT team that will want to sort of wander around with their 3G uh, iPad, connect them remotely from wherever they are to control their environment. So, uh, like you say, Eric, if that's going over, you know, logon credentials going unencrypted, you know, um, that's just going to spell out trouble. Yeah, that's exactly what I told VMware was. That should have been at the top of your list. And over features, you should have, you know, that, that should have been a no-brainer. You know, from the beginning, that should have been in there. So they fixed that. So you need a new version of the VCMA now to use the iPad app. They updated that. Um, and it now uses HTTPS. You know, I, I ran a sniffer on the old version just to see, and I could see my credentials, you know, point as A um, when I logged in. So um, it's something they fixed. And the app right now, um, it really only has some basic basic stuff. You can't do a whole lot with it at this point. Um, and they're going to continue to evolve it and they're going to release updates to it quicker than they do the normal release cycles for like vSphere and that. So um, I think we'll see more and more as it evolves and matures, it'll become more useful in that. You know, t at this point today, 
I played with it when it initially came out, but, you know, there's just not a whole lot you can do at this point. You can do some basic power functions on your VMs, look at some performance data. You can't do anything really with hosts. Um, you can't vMotion. You can't do snapshot management. You can't do remote consoles. There's a huge potential there for, for all that stuff. So I think as it evolves, it'll definitely be you know, a lot more usable and uh, useful to people. Do you have to have a VPN configured if you're on the Internet to use it? That's the recommended configuration. You'd never want to put the VCMA in the uh, in the DMZ, and that absolutely not. So um, you definitely, from the outside, want to use a VPN. Um, and um, you know, of course, the iPad comes with the built-in VPN that you can configure and set up in that. And um, in my article, I actually have links to the uh, the Apple stuff that actually shows you how to set up the VPNs, uh, kind of the things you need to know about the VPN connection and what devices it works with. So definitely use VPN. Don't do it over you know the, the regular internet with on, a, on an open connection. Okay. Cool. And then what about the view client? Have you tried the view client? I haven't had a chance. I downloaded it. Um, yeah. It's any of you guys? That's a problem with no, that. I, I have no, a, no view environment set up in my lab, so um, maybe at some point I'll, I'll try that out. But I've heard good things about it, and that it's supposed to be very, very slick interface, very well designed, um, a lot of real cool. It's not kludgy or hard to use, and that they they added um, the interface itself is uh, pretty easy to use and uh, looks pretty neat. So I definitely look forward to playing with that some more. Yeah, yeah, me too. I haven't tried it, but yeah, looks cool. Home Labs, any updates there? In uh, mine, I haven't done too much in that. I'm looking at getting a new um, new server. I got two ML110 G6s right now, and I've been looking at the ML150 G6, which costs a little bit more, but it's a lot more expandable than the ML110. Um, it's only about another $150, $200 more than the ML110, but you get things like instead of only having uh, four RAM slots, um, it comes with I think, 12 or 16 RAM slots, um, the potential of two CPUs, and the big thing is it's on the, the VMware um, hardware compatibility list and that, so it's officially branded, um, approved to, to use with that. The ML110 works fine for me, um, but you know, that one offers a little bit more as far as, you know, more slots and everything, so you can kind of do a little bit more with it. Um, the ML110 G7 just came out, um, which is the updated version, which I think has some of the, um, the Sandy Bridge processors in it, the new um, Intel processors and that. That looks like a pretty cool unit. They've actually kind of brought it up a little bit now where um, you can do, um, it's got things like uh, there's a redundant power supply model and that where you can actually um, have a little bit more redundancy in it than the basic model that doesn't do any of that. So, um, other than that, I haven't yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's still got the, uh, like the uh, G6, it's still got the 16 gigabyte sort of uh, memory limit on it, which which for most lab environments is fine because I'm still running my uh, M0110 G6 as my main, uh, you know, lab server at home there. And I've um, combined with a couple of microservers as well. They're obviously AMD based. Um, but it's interesting. It looks like they're offering the full range of processors with the G7. So everything from the uh, yeah. from Intel Celeron model, uh, they've got the Pentium, the Core i3, right up to the Xeon. So it's going to be quite a broad price range on it, so uh, pretty much depending on budgets and your requirements, I think it's probably going to fit probably quite nicely in. 
Yeah, that four memory slots, so, you know, to get that 16 gig, you have to use the four gig DIMMs, which is a lot more expensive. Um, I only got eight in mine with the two gig DIMMs and that because it was just, you know, kind of way too pricey. Um, you know, I, like we had, I think we talked about at one point is um, using the SSD in there for um, memory over commitment and that, that. I think you've done that, Simon, haven't you? Oh, yep, yep, yep. So, um, other than that, storage-wise, I, I still have my, uh, I just got the Synology unit, the two-drive, um, I forget the model of it, but it's there two-drive units in that. Um, I went out and bought the uh, two-gig Hitachi um, drives, 200 RPM drives in that, and uh, I haven't had a chance to play with that one too much, but the Synology unit looks look, looks like a decent unit in that. It has a lot of good features in, in that. Um, so the iOmega iX4, um, and then, of course, I've got the, uh, the Netgear, um, the 2100 model as well, which is a real nice unit, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a pretty good setup there. Um, I mean, for, for what I'm still running, I'm still, like yourself, I'm still running the, uh, the ML10 1G6. got a couple of uh, little HP microservers, which is interesting, actually. HP over in the UK is still selling those for uh, £99, pounds, uh, excluding the, the tax uh, after rebates. So they're still, you know, I wouldn't say practically give them away, but, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good price for uh, for someone wanting to uh, start their own little lab server, you know, yeah, uh, environment. So that's a great price. And over here, they're a lot more expensive though because I had looked when you had said that I had looked over here to see how much they were going for and I think they were around I think they were over $300 here in uh, US dollars and that so um, yeah if I could get one at a good price I'd definitely look at that I, I don't you know I, I've kind of reviewed it before and it doesn't really make too great of a virtualization server because of its you know limited processor it's, it's basically a laptop processor in there and that but still a nice little compact unit to uh, you know use as a you can make a NAS out of it you can do a lot of things with it. There's a lot of fun oh, yeah. with all that. Definitely. Very, very cheap to run as well. I mean, the, the power consumption on it's uh, minimal and uh, very, very quiet as well. See, I, I, like yourself, I had some real apprehension around um, how good it would be as a lab server, but I've been quietly surprised, actually, because, really? I mean, I don't know about you guys, like, you know, you spin up VMs in your lab environment, but let's face it, you know, it's only ever yourself or, you know, maybe yourself and a couple of others um, sort of using it at one time. So the utilization, even on the 1.3 gigahertz uh, dual-core processors that you get in the microserver, uh, the utilization is, even on a low-powered CPU like that, still relatively quite low, um, you know, doing your day-to-day -day stuff. Um, so my, my biggest thing with it is it's sort of a 8-gig uh, limit as well because it's only got two DIMM slots, so you need to populate it with two 4-gig uh, DIMMs oh, okay. to bring it up to that, that sort of level. But that said, at the prices I was talking about um, that you can buy it for in the UK at the moment, you know, you could almost justify buying a couple of them and then just yeah. running them in, in a, a DRS cluster, you know, to distribute your workload a little bit more if you're worried about it. Yeah. Um, once again, like the 110G6, uh, the, the rate controller uh, isn't identified at all because it's that sort of kludgy sort of uh, sort of hybrid supposed pseudo RAID controller that isn't okay. really a RAID controller because it's sort of partly software based. But you know, um, if you're using like a, a NAS appliance, like you mentioned, like the Synology box or the uh, the IX4, then then that, that's definitely not an issue. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a good point because I, I really don't stress out. I, and some of my VMs, I don't have operating systems on. I just have them, you know, just kind of populate the host and that. So, yeah, I, I don't really stress out my lab at all on that. You know, you don't really need a lot of power in a lab unless you're going to be doing some, you know, running some mega VMs or testing some things like that. So, 
Yeah, the biggest two areas I find uh, being a bottleneck in my lab environment is always the memory, the usual story, you know, okay. yeah. um, and uh, also the uh, throughput from disk as well. I mean, that's 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 the other bottleneck um, yeah. that uh, I come across occasionally. Um, but I guess you know you start introducing SSD into the mix a lot more now. You know, with the prices around SSDs dropping, uh, that that problem will start to go away a little bit more. Yeah, um, that's nice. And that said, actually, the price of memory dims is dropping as well now. Like in the UK, I think you can buy uh, eight gigs, so two four gig dims. I think last price I saw was around about 60, 60 pounds or thereabouts, so it's, it's definitely dropping. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that as well. That's good. Yeah, in my home lab recently, I had to power up my old um, shuttle uh, Hyper-V server uh, to try out one of uh, VMware's new flings called, um, it's called vCenter XVP Manager, and it's basically... Um, an add-in for uh, vCenter that allows you to manage Hyper-V servers and virtual machines oh, okay. through your vSphere client. Yeah, so I made a video on that. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. I mean, of course, VMware's really uh, designed it to um, help people import Hyper-V virtual machines. You know, um, I, I, the, the intentions aren't for you to manage the Hyper-V server forever. Right. You know, it integrates with VMware Converter and it prompts you to convert the virtual machines from Hyper-V into vSphere. But, uh, but yeah, I had to get my shuttle server up and going with Hyper-V to, to demonstrate it, but it, it worked pretty well. Oh, cool. Yeah, the shuttles, the shuttles are very nice little servers as well. Um, I've, I've got a very old shuttle. Unfortunately, it won't run vSphere at all, so I've never tried using it. But uh, I've always quite liked the form factor on the shuttles, and uh, the build quality always seems quite good as well. I just know the price tag, uh, at least in, in England there, uh, is quite high on the shuttle. You pay quite a premium for that small form factor that's uh, that's always put me off, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, if you can get them for the right price, yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah, it's not, I, I like having the smaller compact size in the lab and that where, you know, it's not taking a lot of room in that. You know, it's not like you have a data center in your house and that. So having that small form factor is really nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Simon. definitely. Especially if space is limited. Yeah, Simon, don't you have a, a virtual lab running on your MacBook Pro? Yeah, I do actually. Um, well, I've had mixed uh, mixed success with that recently. I've had um, two drives effectively fail on me. So I, my MacBook Pro, I uh, uh, bought uh, the OptiBay kit, which basically uh, removes the CD or DVD drive out of it and enables you to put a second uh, hard disk, two and a half inch uh, hard disk into your MacBook Pro. So you end up with two disks. So I was running a uh, OCZ uh, SSD. Uh, and as well as I've got, got one of those, uh, one of the hybrid software, uh, you know, your traditional um, spindle uh, disk, all, all in a uh, single two and a half inch uh, hard, hard disk case there. So uh, yeah, just before I was leaving to come away, um, I had my OCZ SSD fail again. It seemed to do it every six months. Um, basically, the, it would just corrupt the uh, the data on the disk, and obviously that's where I was running my uh, OS X. Um, operating system from so I'd, you know after trying multiple different things to try and recover it I'd have to just do a fresh install again and then it was fine uh, but like I say it happened about two or three times uh, over a course of about a year so uh, I've ripped that out now I've put a Corsair in and touch wood so far the Corsair has been, been pretty good uh, then literally a week ago I had my uh, my other drive fail um, in here that contains all my data uh, luckily I had it backed up uh, but the weird thing is it was offline for about a week and then I was Powering up my MacBook Pro uh, last weekend, and the drive came back again because uh, I hadn't removed it from 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 the chassis. 
feasible. So I'm not too sure what's going on there. So uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm making sure everything's backed up and being a little bit hesitant about uh, putting anything too critical on there. But, uh, but you know, back, back to running um, uh, VMs on there, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can get probably two to three VMs spun up on here quite comfortably uh, in a gigabytes worth of memory. Cool. It's nice being able to take a lab on with you in that or, you know, going to demonstrate something, customer sites, anything, you have that with you at all times where you can kind of play around with it. Yeah, it's definitely useful for me at the moment, you know, because, uh, um, you know, I'm putting a, a lot of the lab guides together for uh, the VLabs, the EMC world. So okay. that means that I can sort of spin a lot of those up on the laptop and take the screen grabs from there and everything. Um, so I'm finding that very, very useful for, for, for that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely very good. It's worth the investment. Yeah, especially when you're writing that and you, and you need to um, be able to try things out in that, it's nice to be able to just do that in that because otherwise you've know, you got to verify things or, you know, or whatnot and that's kind of um, document what you're writing in that. So uh, you know, a lot of times I find that I'm constantly having to go to the environment to check something, this and that. So if you take that with you, you know, you got the laptop there to do the writing and you got the lab with you as well where you can actually kind of try out some things and uh, do some things, take screenshots and all that for your writing. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, definitely. One, Actually, one, one utility I've found uh, absolutely invaluable over the last few weeks has been Snagit. Snagit's been excellent for taking screen grabs. So uh, anyone out there who does blogging or, you know, writes books or even just for internal reports, I definitely recommend you go and check out Snagit. Um, you know, there's a free, I think it's a 30, 28 or 30 day uh, um, demo you can download. It's, it's fully enabled, so you can try, try out all the functionality on it. But it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, it's from the same people that uh, produce Camtasia, uh, if, you're, if you're familiar with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you do anything like that, download it, give it a try. How much is uh, the paid version? Oh, it's very cheap, actually. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, worth the investment. I think it's about 50, 50 US dollars or thereabouts just under. Oh, okay. um, but, but, but the amount of time it saves, otherwise, you know, you do it the old-fashioned way of control print screen, and then you have to drop it into paint or Photoshop or something. Uh, it has a lot of very cool effects with it as well, so you can sort of, uh, uh, you know, create it like a tear page look. Um, you can drop yeah. arrows down on it. You can highlight cool. bits of text, part of the diagram, that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, very, very intuitive to use, uh, very huh. easy. Okay. Yeah, I use Snagit too. Um, just back to the home labs real quick, one of the things I wanted to add is I've been looking for a public cloud provider that supports running ESX nested in the cloud. So you could create like a virtual uh -huh. ESX, you know, infrastructure. So instead of having your own, your own home lab, you just pay, you know, you know, per hour that you use this virtual lab running, running in the cloud. So, um, I haven't found anything yet that actually, you know, does that, any provider. But if you guys see something, you know, let me know. Or, or if there's somebody watching this, you know, let us know. Um, because I think that would be kind of the ultimate thing is I can just outsource my home lab. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, That'd be cool. Access the virtual one. That'd yeah. be real good. Yeah. Okay, awesome tips, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, I'm glad that we're, you know, back doing the VChat again. I look forward to recording some more. Um, this has been a great episode. You know, we covered VMworld, EMC World, Home Labs, VCAP, um, the Charlotte VMUG, um, cool utilities, you know, VMware Flings, and um, Eric's. And iPads. We can't forget iPads. So thanks for joining me, Eric and Simon. Sure. Thank you. So, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. See ya. See Thank you Bye -bye. for watching this episode of VChat, the latest in virtualization and cloud computing news and how-to.
Eric, Simon, and David want your feedback, so send questions or ideas for future VChat topics to vchat at trainsignal.com.